Clouds scudded thin and white across the sky, chased by the teasing wind which whispered of spring and fresh blossoms. Good humor restored, BJ arrived in town with pink cheeks and a smile, waving to familiar faces along the route to Betty Jackson's jelly. It was a small town with tidy lawns, picket fences, and old, well-kept homes. The dormers and gables were typical of New England, nestled like a contented cat in the rolling valley and the brilliant shimmer of Lake Champlain to the west, Lakeside remained serene and untouched by big city bustle. Having been raised on its outskirts had not dulled its magic for BJ. She felt, as always when entering its limits, a gratitude that somewhere life remains simple. Parking her bike in front of a small green shuttered house, BJ swung through the gate and prepared to negotiate for her jelly supply. Well, BJ, what a surprise. Betty opened the door and patted her gray permanent. I thought you'd gone back to New York. Things have been a bit hectic at the inn, she returned, striving for the proper humility. The new owner? Betty nodded with a fortune teller's wisdom and gestured BJ inside. I hear he wants to spruce things up. Resigned that Betty Jackson's communication system was infallible, BJ settled herself in the small living room. You know Tom Myers is adding another room to his house. Brushing off the seat of an overstuffed chair, Betty shifted her ample posterior and sat. Seems Lois is in the family way again. She clucked her tongue over the Myers's profligacy. Three babies in four years. But you like little ones, don't you, BJ? I've always been fond of children, Miss Jackson, BJ acknowledged, wondering how to turn the conversation toward preserves. My nephew Howard just loves children. B.J. braced herself not to scream and met the bland smile calmly. We've a couple at the inn now. Children do love to eat. Pleased with the maneuver, she pressed on. They've simply devoured your jellies. I'm down to my last jar. Nobody has the touch you do with jellies, Miss Jackson. You'd put the big manufacturers out of business if you opened your own line. It's all in the timing. Betty preened under the praise, and B.J. tasted the hint of victory. I just have to close down if you didn't keep me supplied. Gray eyes fluttered ingenuously. Mr. Connors would be crushed if I had to serve him store-bought goods. He simply raves about your blackberry jelly. Ambrosia, she added, relishing the word. He says it's ambrosia. Ambrosia, Betty nodded in self-satisfied agreement. Ten minutes later, BJ placed a box of a dozen jars of jelly in the basket of her bike and waved a cheerful goodbye. I came, I saw, I conquered, she told the sky with audacious pride. And I did not scream. Hey, BJ! She twisted her head at the sound of her name, waving to the group playing sandlot ball as she pedaled to the edge of the field. What's the score? She asked the young boy who ran to her bike. 
five to four, Junior's team's winning. She glanced over to where Junior stood, tall and gangly on the pitcher's mound, tossing a ball in his glove and grinning. Little squirt, she mumbled with reluctant affection. Let me pinch it once. Confiscating the boy's battered cap, she secured it over her pigtails and walked onto the field. You gonna play, BJ? Suddenly, surrounded by young bodies and adolescent faces, BJ lifted a bat and tested it. For a minute, I have to get back. Junior approached, hands on hips, and grinned down from his advantage of three inches. Wanna bet I strike you out? She spared him a brief glance and swung the bat to her shoulder. I don't want to take your money. If I strike you out, he yanked a pigtail with 15-year-old audacity. You gotta kiss me.